Welcome to the Mujeron Podcast, a place for the modern Latina who is ready to get out of her own way and build the life she wants. I'm Sonia Alejandra, your host and the founder of Mujeron Movement, y juntas we'll explore the topics of self-development, entrepreneurship, community, and everything in between that empowers us on our journey to becoming the Mujeron of our dreams. Vamos a lograrlo juntas. Hola, Mujerones. Welcome back to the Mujeron podcast. Today, I have someone that's going to help us get organized, uh, get some structure and get some systems into our businesses. With me today is Diamond Nanez. She is a businesswoman and accounting coach who is passionate about helping other business owners organize, structure, and implement a growth strategy into their business. Daime, thank you so much for being here with us today. Muchas thank you for gracias. having me. Sonia. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you. And I know that you are probably passionate about some of the things that most of us are not. <laughs> so thank <laughs> you for that. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to today and a little bit more about your businesses. Well, my new job is being a mom. <laughs> so yeah. that's my new favorite job. Thank you. I have a five-month-old baby and it has been great so that's the most recent news with me but uh, before baby I started a business with my husband in partnership with my husband and uh, we've been in business for four years as a paint and sip studio here in Milwaukee and it's it's been great it's grown a lot obviously with the pandemic it has we have modified our business and we've taken part of our classes online and our private parties but yeah we've had a lot of fun with with that business and uh, recently we launched another business uh, which is a food truck and wow. uh, yeah that business is also doing great and we're really excited so my husband is the one with the ideas I'm the one that who goes back when he has an idea and kind of look at everything when it comes to <laughs> you know the project the investment the return on investment and then that's how we decide to move forward with projects mm. um, so those are the two businesses that we have brick and mortar and I also have a coaching business where I help entrepreneurs and freelancers get their finances in place so that they can kind of do the same thing that we do with our business, read the financial statements, and then make educated decisions in their businesses. Wow, you have a lot going on. And now you're a new mom. So definitely, you have your hands full. So I find it very interesting the way that you guys kind of prepare to launch a business, right? And I think most of us, we kind of just go for it and we hope that there's a return on investment. What advice would you give women who are thinking about starting a business or a passion project and they want to know if it's the smart move for them? Something like very basic, something that they can do in order to get more of an understanding if this business is going to be successful. I would say that one of the main things is you have to be passionate about the business that you're thinking mm -hmm. about because when you go into business for yourself, you're going to have a lot of challenges. As you can see, one of our business had a lot of challenges this year, which is the paint and sip. So if you're not passionate about your business, sometimes it's e easier to 
quit. But when you love the idea and you're committed to it, then you figure out how you're going to make it work. Uh, so I would say that that's the first thing. And usually passion comes from what's your strength. So when you're thinking about if you're passionate about many things, then think about what's my strength, you're going to have several. And then you can rate which ones are your favorite one to 10 or one yeah. to five, and then you decide which one um, you like the most. But the next thing is, once you figure out what you're passionate about, and what's your strength, then you want to think about the person you are going to serve. Mm. So you can either look at the community, or you can look at that ideal customer. And these are steps that we've done to start our businesses. So every time, once we know, okay, this is the one thing we like, but then what is our customer or our community needing? And how can we present that to them and solve their problem? So when you go into business, you're either going to solve a pain for someone, or you're just going to create more pleasure. So defining what, it, what which of those two are you going to do for your customer? And then, well, you go into the part where is this, does it make sense? How much, how many customers do I need? to generate a profit and not only a profit, but pay yourself. I think that's a mistake a lot of entrepreneurs do. And the more I coach, I notice that they, they're like, I'll pay myself later. And this is actually something that you have to do at the beginning of your business. You have to say, okay, how much does this business have to make to afford me? If I were to quit my job, if I were to just do this 100%, how much do I need to generate? And that will give you an idea how many customers then you need per month. Yeah, I love that. How would you say you would determine how much you would pay yourself? That's a great question. So I did this for myself because I worked for corporate America for years and I wanted to transition into entrepreneurship. Again, I said, okay, this business needs to be able to afford me. Mm -hmm. So I went through my monthly bills. That's actually what I did. I, I looked at what are my responsibilities with rent or in this case, if you own a home, your telephone, your car expenses. And then I also took under consideration, okay, how much I'm currently contributing if I'm, you're contributing to some sort of retirement plan. And so I came up, I added all that up and then I said, okay, this is how much this business needs to pay me so I can work for this business. Because I feel like sometimes we need to separate those two things, right? It is our business, but at the same time, we got to protect that business uh, when it comes to finances. And if we, if that business cannot cover or pay us to, for us to cover our bills, then we're going to, we're going to have problems managing the money in the business. And we might use the money when it's not the right time. Yeah. No, I you know love I this. I love this because I think that a lot of us, like you're right, we don't really think about, okay, I need to pay myself. There's kind of like this stereotype, this, this uh, idea going around that you don't make money for yourself the first or the second year in business. And I love this idea because how can we really continue to thrive and survive as well through this business? What do you think has been one of the main mistakes that you see entrepreneurs do when it comes to their books? Okay, the main. You're like, there's too many. <laughs> there's many, yes. You know, I'm going to just mention three. The okay. first one is the one that you, you just said it, which is they say, I'm going to pay myself later. Right now, I'm just going to invest. And it's true. Sometimes you have to invest in the business and then, you know, to be able to get that return and pay yourself. But that should be almost like the first month, only the first month, <laughs> because you want to do like a little projection and what your business can do. So that will be the second one. 
planning. So plan what your business can do in at least 12 months, because when you can project, okay, how many customers do I need and how much I need to generate that will help you price your services or your product correctly. And also it's going to help you with your marketing initiatives because then you will know how much you need to invest in marketing or how much effort you need to put into it to attract those people to be able to generate that income. So that will be the second one. And then the third one is as soon as you can, try to build a team that helps you because it's going to get to a point where you just can do so much. And if you want to grow your business or expand or even like get to the next level, either in the product or service that you're offering, a team will allow you to do that. So those are the typical three mistakes that they an entrepreneur usually doesn't think about paying themselves. They don't have a plan of how much they have to make. And then they think they have to do it all themselves. And it's better if they do it. And trust me, I, of the third one, I'm so guilty. (laughs) (laughs) So I've learned that by experience. And that's how we were able to scale our business and now have all our businesses. Yeah. And I kind of want to add a little bit to that because I agree. That was something that was very hard for me to think that, oh my God, will I have the capability of, you know, bringing on a team or something like that. So for people that maybe are starting and they don't really have the, the capital to be able to pay somebody right now, what I did, and I just did it like last month is I posted something about uh, hiring on interns. And to my mm-hmm. surprise, we actually had a few women apply and we have two amazing interns that are starting with us this month and to me, it was just like, wow, I can't believe somebody would like to be a part of our team, you know, and, and do this internship. So I, I wanted to make sure to share that because a lot of times I think we overthink it. I'm sure you have, I have, and a lot of you guys listening as well. And We have to just put it out there before we crush our own dreams. You know, we have to really try it and see what some of those things can help us. Now, you have more than one business. How have you been able to accomplish that while still kind of keeping structure separately from each business? Yes. So for me, what has worked really well is structuring my time and mm-hmm. setting boundaries. And it's worked it's work really well. And, and this is something that at some point I didn't know how to do. So I started looking for help. Mm-hmm. And this is what I found. And it really changed the game for me. And now as I became a mother, it also helped me to put that in, in into a structure and a plan. And, and even my baby now, ever since he was like a month and a half. Yeah, I put him also on a schedule. <laughs> so that everything, you know, kind of, it's about creating this harmony, right? And so I, I just put him on the schedule and now he fits perfectly. <laughs> so yes, that has been what, what I've done. So again, boundaries on, you know, distractions on what things not to do, like spending too much time sometimes. Like I don't check my phone uh, for social media after uh, noon, but because the morning is my most productive time. But my other rule is after I wake up and baby's taken care of, the next thing I'm spending at least 15 minutes on my one thing, uh, whatever that project is at the time. So yes, so I think structuring your time and setting boundaries gives you a lot of freedom. At at first, it's a little hard because it's a habit that you have to develop. 
um, but I promise you it pays off <laughs> once you get ask, in the rhythm. <laughs> I was just going to ask for someone that d hasn't really done this before and they're kind of, you know, they're adding more things on their play. They're adding more things on their agenda. What would be like the number one thing when it comes to boundaries that you kind of like, you know, that this has to happen in order for me to be able to be productive? You know, it's different for everyone. It, it really depends on how your life works. Mm. But in my case, it will be interruptions. So if I know I'm working on my one thing, I try to avoid any interruptions. And this means phone calls, texting, social media, even, um, you know, sometimes I have my own father that just drops in and he's like, oh, you work from home. You're available anytime. <laughs> and I'm like, dad, I'm available after this time. <laughs> oh my but God. I have to be very delicate because <laughs> he gets hurt sometimes, you know. Uh, but no, now he definitely like he little by little, he's like, Oh, okay, I'm getting it, you know. Um, but yes, that's been for me personally. But again, it's I think it's very unique for everyone. But protecting your time is the first thing where you need to set up boundaries if you want to get because all of us have long checklists of things, right, or a list of things that we have to get to. And mm -hmm. um, when we reserve time to work on those things, it has to be solely focused on those things if you want to get any progress. Yeah, I love how you bring up your father. And I was actually going to ask because obviously you're in business with your husband and how, how do you tell him like hey right now I don't have time because I work with my parents and even now that I that I live in the Midwest and they're thousands of miles from me I still get those phone calls hey I have the operator on the other line and I need you to help me pay this bill and I'm like oh my god totally get sidetracked and now you know you're you're kind of in a hole where you're like I don't even know what I was doing so that's an that's amazing that you're like you know what like you know when to be delicate and with who Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yes. I love your paint and sip business. I actually went uh, before the pandemic and I was here in Milwaukee. I oh, got the did. chance to visit. I met your husband. He's super cool. I love the purpose and passion that you guys have behind that business. How did you guys come up with that idea? It was his idea. So like I said before, he is the one who comes <laughs> up with all these ideas. And um, it's crazy because he has like a thousand a day. <laughs> um, awesome. But and we talk about him because, you know, it, that's a gift. That's for sure. But he had done that before. Actually, he tried to do um, painting classes for adults as a way for them to relax and just explore artistic skills and abilities. But he was doing it, uh, trying to do like a nonprofit. And he first funded everything. But once he ran out of the funds, it kind of, you know, that was it so he had had this idea for a while and when we bought the property where the farmhouse sits on now he we were trying to rent that commercial building so for those who don't live in Milwaukee uh the farmhouse it's it literally it's like a farmhouse yeah. <laughs> it's like a um it's a one acre and it has different buildings uh it has a residential building and then it has two commercial buildings uh so originally we bought it because of the house and we were like okay we're gonna rent the commercial buildings and as we were, were trying to find a tenant it was not we were having a hard time finding the right tenant wow. um because you know we had we have our house here and the neighbors so we wanted to you know really have the ideal person or business and that's when he said it. He's like, 
why don't we just try to do a paint and sip? If it doesn't work, then we rent the the, the, wow. the, the, the building. And I said, okay, yes. I said, I mean, let's try it and let's see what happens. And that's, I mean, obviously we, then we sat down, I worked on the business plan, we did the projections, the market research and the market research is, you know, like what is the community needing? Like that was our focus too. Like, what is it? Do they really need this here? And in this area, everything is very industrial. Uh, there's a lot of restaurants, but there is no anything like no entertainment for families. They had to travel far away to have access to places yes. that did this. So we were like, okay, it looks like this might work. And that's how it started. We started, uh, well, we renovated the building first because it needed to improvements. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, we opened the doors and little by little people started finding, finding out about us and they really liked the space. And, and then every year we just kept listening to what they wanted so then they wanted we did canvas painting that was originally our first product then we went into board painting so mm -hmm. making boards with last names or other designs okay and then we got into whole rentals where people said you know what I just want to rent the space to hold my wedding or baby shower so then we got into that business as well I mean 2019 was a wonderful year for us too because that year we kept asking ourselves right we always go back to this question and this is something I highly recommend if you're going in, in business or if you want to change your business to innovate in your business ask what is needed right now in the community? What can I do? What can I bring to them with the resources I already have? And we discovered that, hey, there's no art festivals in, you know, in this area. Wow. So we did two art festivals. We did uh, Fiesta Selena and we did Frida Fest. Frida Fest was the first one and it was a total success. Wow. And that's when we said, okay, we're going to do Fiesta uh, Selena and that was absolutely amazing we had a blast making that's that so festival awesome. so yeah I so that's how that. we started and little by little customers they just told us what they wanted and we just kept doing what they wanted yeah I love how you walk in and you just feel at home especially if you're Latino like you're definitely gonna feel at home um, I love the question that you say that you guys ask yourself what is needed in the community, right? What what does the community really need right now? Did you guys ask that question when COVID happened? And how did that transition? Like how, what was the answer to that? Wow, that's, 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 I love that transition. Because when COVID, I, my husband was, he kept telling me, they're gonna shut us down. I was like, no, 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 they're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> At the time I was pregnant, I was like, oh my goodness, what are we gonna do? And when it happened, it's crazy, because I thought I was gonna react differently. And that was actually what we went back to. We said, okay, so we're shut down. What does our community need right now? Again, we always go back when we're trying to innovate. That's the question we go back to. Mm. And we said, you know what? People are stressed, they're freaking out. I mean, there are so many feelings, right? We said, okay, we're going to start doing free classes online our classes. Mm. Um, at that time, we really didn't think more than that, but we said, okay, let's just do that for now keep engaging uh people online and we'll we'll we might this was our guess right we we might be able to do kits and then you know maybe they can come and pick it up and actually that's exactly what happened I mean in three days we were able to upload all of our pictures just do all the work take our business online pretty much and as we started doing the classes locally people started inquiring about the painting kits 
And everybody was also in this mode of like, let's support local businesses. So it was really, everybody was invested in it. And in, yeah, in in less than a week, we had everything in place, you know, the brushes, because getting supplies, everything then became this big logistics, uh, because we're not longer keeping the supplies, right? We were going to pack them and give it to people. So that worked really well. I mean, we had actually one of our best Easter events. We've always done Easter, but this year, last year, I'm sorry, it was our best event yet. And we were like, wow, this is crazy. Even during the pandemic, we were able to outdo one of our events. So then we got to open the door. So that really worked for us, taking our business online and giving classes. So our classes were free and people could buy the supplies. And then a lot of people started booking private parties then. But then they opened a little bit for, I think it was like 25% capacity. And that's where the next big challenge came because our business depends on foot traffic. Mm. Uh, meaning that we need a lot of people uh, painting to really be able to generate a profit. Um, So that's when we started asking ourselves again, okay, what else can we do? Do we need to pivot to do something different? Uh, What else are we missing in our business? What else is needed in the community? And one of the things that our customers had always asked for was food. And we didn't have food. We have a full bar and we had the painting, but we didn't have food. Um, and uh, so the we started doing some market research. And I shouldn't say we, my husband started doing <laughs> market research. And he one day came to me and he said, I got it. He's like, um, we should bring birria to Milwaukee and wow. be, you know, a, a birria truck. He wanted to have a truck. We have a building, but he wanted to have a truck. <laughs> and actually it was easier because to build a kitchen is a big yeah, expense. So we said, okay, we have our reserves, right? Um, what are we going to do with that? And uh, it was, it was a gamble. <laughs> it was definitely a gamble, but we said, you know what? Um, again, you have to innovate and you have to have the right mindset. So we knew that we had just to think a little harder and find what was needed. And we were going to be able to navigate this time that is just so crazy for many businesses, especially small businesses. I mean, we had many of our employees, uh, we had to lay off for a little bit, but now that's not the case. So we opened the food truck and it went viral. It was crazy. Locally, um, we did promotion for about three weeks and it was crazy. We opened in September and the lines were four hours long. (laughs) It was just, you know, it's almost like you don't want a business to not be busy when you open, but at the same time, you don't want to be too busy where, (laughs) you know, you're stressing your staff and you're running out of things. So that was a whole different challenge that we had to overcome. Like, how do we keep up now with this demand and also deliver a good product and a good experience, especially because we have our other business attached, you know, to this new project. So, well, we figured it out, you know, it was a lot of work and my husband was able to build a team at that time. I just had had the baby. So he did have to work solo for a little bit in that uh, project. But now, yeah, we're up to five, uh, 25 team members wow. between both businesses. And we're so excited and thankful 
I mean, to our customers and also that not to our, well, yeah, we're thankful to ourselves for always asking what does our community need yes, and being able so to provide important. that because it's a win-win, you know, when you go in business, it cannot be just like for you. <laughs> it has to be a win-win so that those customers keep coming back or they tell people about you. And so, yeah, that's what we did. Just the importance that you guys put on that purpose, right? On, on how this business is really bigger than you. And it's such a great and important message for people that are truly thinking about going into business because in the long run, that's what's really going to keep you thriving and continue. And, and even when things get hard, you're going to continue to push. Daime, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. We're going to definitely put all your information on the show notes. So right now you're definitely still coaching, right? You'll have the opportunity to work with you if they have any questions and all of that. Yes, actually, I'm having a workshop coming up in February to help people get ready for tax season. Um, I've noticed that that's usually a big mm -hmm. challenge for uh, independent entrepreneurs or freelancers. So yeah, I put a five-day workshop together that is amazing. Um, so yes, so more to come on that. So stay Perfect. tuned. Yes, we'll definitely be sharing all of that. And thank you so much for everything you do. You're definitely an inspiration for all of us at Mujer on Movement, just seeing the way you work and a new mommy still thriving, still pushing forward. Thank you so much for everything. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Sonia. And I'm, I'm so happy that you have this podcast. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for the movement. It's, it's, it's an inspiration. You. Thank you so much, ladies. There you have it. We will see you guys next week. Mujeron, thank you so much for tuning in to another episodio of the Mujeron podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, share, leave a review so you can help us get to so many more Mujerones. Don't forget, you can also watch our show on our YouTube channel where you can let us know in the comments if you like this episode or what other topics you would like us to talk about in the future. Keep shining, keep working towards becoming the Mujeron of your dreams.